modern humans have very short attention spans. So if it's something that requires our active engagement, that's always going to win at this point. But then on top of that, there's also just like the psychology behind it, which is, I think, the the magic of quizzes because you can get really specific and speak to who someone is or what they're dealing with circumstantially in their lives, in their businesses, with their cat's health, like you name it, right? We can go broad or we can go super narrow. But when we're speaking to where someone's at and and they feel seen and heard, that's just a massive benefit compared to the one size fits all lead magnets out there. Welcome to Socialette. I'm your host, Steph Taylor. As a launch strategist and digital marketer, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way while building a seven-figure online business. If you're an overwhelmed business owner struggling to scale while also keeping your clients happy, this podcast is for you. Join me as I share actionable advice for creating an online business that feels good and brings you so much joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt that is designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co slash dbb or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 535. Today, we're talking about quizzes. I'm super excited to bring on my guest for today, Shanti Zach. She is the creator of the Empathy Marketing Ecosystem, and she is a quiz funnel strategist, which is a pretty cool job title. And we're talking a bit today about quiz funnels and the strategy behind them. We're talking about why they can be a super powerful way to build your email list and nurture your subscribers. We're also talking about the different kinds of quizzes and how to identify which one is most suitable for your business. We're looking at the strategy behind choosing your quiz topic because it's not just about, you know, telling your audience what kind of Starbucks drink they are or which friend's character they are, but actually there's a whole deeper strategy behind choosing that topic that's going to help bring somebody to that point where they are ready to buy from you. And then lastly, we're talking about the tech to use in setting up your quiz because this is something I know holds a lot of people back from doing quizzes. And it's really, I personally found that it was easier than I thought it would be. And Shanti suggests some awesome tools that she uses in her own quiz funnels and her clients' quiz funnels. Uh, so I would highly recommend if you are thinking about doing a quiz at some stage, give it a try. Listen to this episode with Shanti. Make sure you take loads of notes because it is one jam-packed episode full of strategy. And then go and give it give it a go. Set up your quiz and see what happens. All right. Without any further ado, let's jump into this episode with Shanti Zach. Shanti, welcome to Socialette. I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Now, you are a quiz funnel strategist and I've been wanting to get you on the show for a while and I'm so glad we finally got around to it. So please tell me a little bit about what a quiz funnel strategist actually is and how you got into doing that. Because obviously it's not something that you go and like do a degree and become a quiz funnel strategist. 
Yeah, for sure. It's a really random um, career path that's quite difficult to explain at Potlucks. Uh, but yeah, I basically create quizzes and quiz funnels. It's not just me anymore. I have like a small team, a small agency that does it too. And we create these quiz funnels for often online business owners, although brick and mortar can do it too, but mostly online businesses that want to build an audience and in particular build an email list. Oh, that sounds exactly like what my listeners are. They're online business owners who love to build those email lists. So uh, what is it about quizzes that got you really excited? Like what was that point in time when maybe you first came across quizzes and you were like, oh, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, every day for the rest of my life? <laughs> oh my gosh, do do not even talk to me about every day for the rest of my life. I am one of those people that's like, I think three months ahead. And that's it. And I can't go any further than that. But yeah, it's really random. And now that I am here and I look back at like my childhood, even I always loved going to the grocery store, buying my like teen magazine and just first thing flipping to that quiz page. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been like in my heart for a long time and I first came across it as a business growth strategy when I was working as an in-house copywriter for um, this company where I was basically in charge of everything to do with our funnels. And we had done so many different lead magnets from like webinars and free meditations. It was like a spirituality company uh, to checklists and guides and everything. And, but we'd never tried a quiz. So I created it and had very low expectations, but it was the most successful lead magnet we'd ever used. And when I left that company, I asked myself like, okay, is this repeatable in other industries with other types of businesses? And well, here we are like six years later. So there's your is answer. It <laughs> Is there a particular, are there any businesses that quizzes don't work for? Like when you were trying to figure out if it was repeatable in other industries, were there any that you came up against where they didn't work? There's certainly some where it's a little bit trickier. So sometimes I'll have companies reach out that do like B2B on like an enterprise level and they're selling like you know, packages that are tens of thousands of dollars and, and, you know, need to get that in front of like the C-suite executives. And that's like a tricky situation where a quiz might not be the best solution. I've also had people reach out that, um, in like hyper-specialized industries where I just don't have enough knowledge to effectively create it. So one was like a prosthetic limb. Company, um, and I think that that could potentially work, but I myself didn't have enough expertise to feel confident in doing it. So those are super random examples. Um, but the moral of that story is that for the most part, it's pretty hard to find a business where there's no 
use case for a quiz, be it from a lead generation perspective or even just like there's other uses too, right? Like just engagement and creating content that's interactive is huge as well. Yeah. Is it, do you think it's the interactive thing that makes quizzes such a good lead gen? Because you, I don't know, we've seen so many lead magnets that are like, you know, workbooks, ebooks, we almost have them coming out of our ears. So I'm wondering what it is like with quizzes that makes them that much more effective. What do you have anything that you think that makes them more effective? Yes. So interactive content across the board, whether it's like, you know, sometimes you see those little like, custom calculators or there's other, you know, interactive content types, but across the board outperforms static content. Um, I think simply because modern humans have very short attention spans. So if it's something that requires our active engagement, that's always going to win at this point. But then on top of that, there's also just like the psychology behind it, which is, I think, the the magic of quizzes because you can get really specific and speak to who someone is or what they're dealing with circumstantially in their lives, in their businesses, with their cat's health, like you name it, right? We can go broad or we can go super narrow. But when we're speaking to where someone's at, and and they feel seen and heard, that's just a massive benefit compared to the one size fits all lead magnets out there. Oh, now I want to make, I, I want to go and create a quiz. I've done one in the past, uh, but I've always just kind of, I don't know, I've forgotten about them. I have a few sitting around uh, in the back end of my business somewhere. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about strategy because I think this is probably the most important part. You can't just go and create like a, what personality are you quiz and expect that it's going to generate results for your business? Or, or maybe you can, can you? Um, yeah, I mean, good question because people certainly do. And then they end up with these massive email lists, except the problem with that is that you build an email list of people who are never going to buy from you and who aren't even that interested in what you're talking about. So yeah, there are definitely ways to mitigate that problem. <laughs> so let's let's maybe start from the beginning. Are there a bunch of different types of quizzes or are we kind of stuck to maybe one or two types as business owners? Yes, there are a few different types and you've probably seen them all over the interwebs. So there's, of course, the, the personality quiz, right? Um, you know, which friend are you? What's your yeah, inner ninja, ninja turtle? Like, yeah. So that's, you know, that's like typical personality type. Um, and then there are, are like score based quizzes that it's like testing your knowledge on a certain subject. So you like, how much do you really know about Instagram reels or something like that? Um, and then there's also, you know, tests where it's you know it would be used as if you were in school and like you get like a pass or a fail and and that's kind of different from score-based quiz and then there are more serious assessment type quizzes um which 
lend themselves to more serious industries as well. So an example there might be like, what, take this financial health assessment. Uh, and those are sort of the broad categories. What I like to do often is merge a personality quiz with an assessment quiz and and find like a happy middle ground there. How does that work? So often, you know, part of building an online business is establishing expertise and becoming known for something that that only you can do. I don't know if you've ever talked about like frameworks on your podcast. Like, what do you want to be known for? How do you teach something? What does that look like? Um, And this is pretty specific to like course creators, membership creators, coaches, those niches. But to do that, you need to establish authority on some level and and show that you know what you're talking about. And so that's where like the assessment quiz comes in handy because you can do that through an assessment. But another side of that is you also need to be personable and relatable and likable. Like if you're building a personality-based brand, or even if you're not, your brand is still going to have a personality, right? And that personality is going to tend to attract certain other types of personalities. And the longer you you work um, with with people, you realize like, oh, it's so funny. There's these repeating patterns in the people I tend to attract and work with and in terms of their personalities, the things that they struggle with, the things that they want in their lives. Um, like just a random example, I just have so many people in my own ecosystem that like their big dream isn't to have a Maserati and live in a mansion. It's like to buy some land and have a garden. So the more you get to know your people, the more that this like personality angle becomes really useful because you can start to differentiate between the types of people that you work and help with. And then you can reflect back to them who they are and what they want. And then how they get there is where the assessment piece comes in. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. So when, let's say you've decided what kind of quiz you want to do. What's that next step? Is it jumping into choosing a topic or is there some other step there that I've completely missed? Yes. Choosing a topic is the next step. And yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the, I've struggled with this. Totally. It's, it's the fun part, but it's also the super challenging part and the part that takes probably more time than you assume it's going to take. Um, yeah. And I can imagine there's a lot of strategy behind the topic that you actually choose, right? Yeah, for sure. I like to tell people to start. Yeah, I like to tell people to start with the end in mind. And this is where we create a distinction between like creating a quiz that sure, people might like it and they might take it and they might join your email list and a quiz that actually brings in the people who are going to be a good fit for your offers. So to do that, you have to look at, well, what are my offers? What are my goals for this quiz? Um, Do I want to bring in the type of people that are going to be the perfect fit for my course on 
beginner dog grooming? And if so, then I need to like work backwards and the subject of the quiz needs to be related to dog grooming. Mm. So something like, I don't know, what grooming style should you use on your dog if you're just starting out? Yeah. Yeah. Like what's your, what's your signature grooming style or something? <laughs> oh, I love that. So then the questions, would you be asking questions like, you know, what kind of dog do you have? Or are those questions too basic? Is there a bit more of a strategy behind how you design those questions? Yeah. So before I jump into the questions, I would map out the results. What are the different result possibilities? And then what are the different characteristics that go along with each of those possible results? So then once you do that, you can jump into your questions and there are going to be questions that you ask that have no correlation to which results someone gets. And those are what I call research questions because the answers and behind the scenes, your ability to look at how people answer those questions can be super useful in informing a lot of different decisions that you might make in your business. So that might be a question like what dog, what kind of dog do you have that it's just for research purposes? Or often there's like people will ask demographic type questions around maybe like age or um, if you're maybe creating a quiz for business owners, where you're at in your business. And it might not directly correlate to what results someone gets, but it's useful information. Um, and then you have your questions that will determine what results someone gets. And so for those, that's where you look to, okay, well, I've got these potential results and I've got this list of attributes and characteristics that goes along with each one. So what questions do I need to ask to determine what result they should get? Okay, that makes sense. When you're planning all of this out, do you do it on pen and paper? Like, how do you map all of this out before you jump in and set it up? Because it sounds like quite a complex thing to figure out. Like, if they answer this, then they go here. And my brain yeah. hurts just thinking about it. Yeah, sometimes I do map it out on paper, actually. And that can be really helpful if you're a visual learner. Um, yeah, and the more complicated, like sometimes I work on really complicated quizzes that have like multiple layers of segmentation and that those ones I'm like doodling up a storm. Um, but typically I'll just open up a Google Doc and like figure out, okay, what are my ideas? What are the different result possibilities? And I'll just start jamming. Yeah. Okay. So then on the results page, are we just giving them... So somebody's gone through... Um, I assume they have to opt in before they can get the result. Is that right? Is there a reason why we do it before the result and not after? Like, could we say we can give them something else? You know, they get to the result yeah. page and then we're like, oh, and if you opt in, you get this free ebook. Have you tested that? Like, is that something that works? Yeah, that can definitely work. It's, it depends on, I mean, it honestly depends on your approach to, um, list building because for some people, they are going to be running ads, for example, and investing in that. And then it becomes a little bit tricky because often if someone has the, the option to skip 
opting in and to just get something for free without having to give their email address, they're going to do that, right? And the people who take the next step and sign up for the other thing, like those will likely be really high quality leads. But if you're paying for every um, every lead or like click through, then it can become really expensive to do it that way. Yeah. So, uh, so we go straight to, so we go opt in then answer page. Opt in then answer page, but you can totally do it the other way. And, and yes, from testing, it just shows that typically higher quality leads will ultimately be on your email list. Um, but if we go from just opt in to result page, then what does that look like? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. have you found in general, so what I've found from the quizzes I've run in the past and like, let's be honest, my quizzes don't have super strategy behind them. They were just like, Oh, that'd be fun. Or like if people kept asking me a question, I was like, Oh, I could answer that in a quiz. But what I've found from running Facebook ads to my quizzes, even pre iOS 14.5, whatever happened there, um, even before that, I found that the quizzes converted at a higher cost per lead and like fewer people or a lot of people dropped off during the quiz. Do you tend to find that the quality of lead is better because of, um, because they have to go through a lot more to, before they get to the opt in? They can't just jump on a landing page, put their email address and name in and opt in. Yes. Yeah. But it's funny you had that experience. Like my typical experience with clients is much lower cost per lead than their other lead. I'm doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you're here talking to my listeners and I'm not sharing my own experience with my quizzes. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's tricky though. And once in a while, like you do get a case where it's like, oh, weird. The cost per lead here is higher than this other thing that I've got, which might just speak to the quality of your other, your other lead magnets that you're running too. This is true. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I mean, the thought that it does take a bit more effort and energy up front on the user end, I think does have an impact on quality of, of lead ultimately. Hard to measure for sure, but. Yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah. Okay. So coming back to that answer page before we went down the little sidetrack of um, opt-ins. So on that answer page, are we just giving them or the result page? Are we just giving them the result or do we segue into something else? Like, do you put a sales page there? Do you give them other information? What are you putting on that result page? Yeah, I have a whole framework for what to include on the result page that's really centered around creating a stellar first impression because often the quizzes that I create for myself or clients are like the tippy top of the funnel. So they are often the first encounter someone will have with your brand. And we want that first impression to just blow their minds and exceed their expectations. Okay. They, um, so are we, we're not selling to them on that result page. Sometimes. Okay. Not typically. Simply because it takes a very small amount of commitment for someone to say yes to 
taking a quiz, right? It's like three minutes of their time. Um, and there's this promise of, of insights on the other side. And we want to deliver those insights, right? We want to fulfill the promise that we made in, in the actual like quiz title, description, the ad, the, the post, whatever it was that brought them, them here and not kind of, I don't want to say burn them because selling isn't necessarily uh, a process of like burning people, right? Sometimes selling is a great service. And when you're actually showing someone a solution and what they really need, that's a beautiful thing. So I sometimes hate the language that's so prevalent in our online culture. But at the same time, often people will get a little bit scared off if right away their first encounter with you on that result page is like, you're a so-and-so and now you should buy this, this thing. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. It's, it's almost like, you know, the, the old dating analogy where it's like, um, you know, you wouldn't propose to somebody on a first date. So don't sell to them in that first encounter. So I guess even though they've been through that quiz, they haven't really been nurtured by you. So there is a way to sell in your quiz results without creating that effect of like, uh, I just met you. Why are you trying to get me to buy this thing? There's a way of doing it. So I just wanted to pop in that little bit of nuance in case anyone listening is like, but I've done it this way and it's worked because it, it can. It can. Okay. So then after somebody completes the quiz and they opt in, I know, I know that a lot of people teach that you should segment people based on their answers. Is this what you believe as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, and this is, there's like varying degrees of complexity here that you can, you can go to, but. I, t I always use the yoga example. Um, it's a great it's such an easy one. <laughs> yeah. So let's say that you are a yoga teacher and you have an online course for beginners, an online course for advanced practitioners, and one for other yoga teachers. So those are like three really distinct categories and segments of your audience that each require a different message and that each you each have a you have a different offer for all of them right so that's an example of okay so through your quiz you could segment who's a beginner who's advanced and who's a teacher and then behind the scenes in your email marketing system you could then have a different funnel for each of those segments mm, okay so you rather than I guess like at a basic level, then you, you're saying you could um, segment people by the results that they're getting, but you could also segment them by the answers that they're giving. Yes. Or is that, is that too yeah. complicated? Like, is it, does it become, is there a point where it's just like, this is, we're just segmenting for the sake of segmenting? Like we're just overcomplicating it a little bit too much? Yeah, for sure. And that is a tendency that people have when it comes to quizzes because there is this huge capacity for segmentation and capturing this amazing data on who's on your email list. But if it's not necessary, then don't worry about it. So the most basic segmentation that you're going to do is just figuring out who got what results. Okay. 
beyond that, do you communicate to them differently afterwards? Like once they've, uh, once you've segmented them based on their result, are you sending them all the same nurture sequence afterwards or are they getting a different one depending on which result that they got? It depends. So let's say you were the yoga teacher and your results were also based on who's a beginner, who's advanced and who's the fellow teacher. In that case, you probably would send them different email sequences based on the result that they got. And that's an example of someone who has three very different offers that are built out in their business, right? If you are more beginner, you've got like maybe one signature thing that you offer and your quiz is attracting people who are going to be a fit for that thing, then you don't need to to go crazy with segmenting and having different email sequences for different results. What I do like to do is have a distinct email that goes out after someone takes the quiz that references their results, that maybe builds on it a little bit, gives them a link to to refer back to it when they want, and and to just show them that like you see them again and welcome them into your community. Yeah, I love that. But I know I know my listeners are now probably thinking like that sounds way too techy. Like how the heck do you even set that up? Um, is it, is it quite tricky to set up? Like, do you need to have a reasonable amount of tech skill or is it something that pretty much anybody can do with the right instructions and the right technology? I'm, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It sounds way more complicated than it actually is. I'm not, I don't consider myself a very tech savvy person. Like for the last two days, I've been Googling how to make a real just from photos and like I cannot figure it out um so if I can figure out this like quiz tagging email connection stuff I promise you can and uh, most of the softwares out there make it pretty darn straightforward do you have a preferred one that you recommend to people yeah I love interact try interact.com um and I've worked with a lot of different quiz builders and quiz hosting softwares, but Interact is the one that like just has my heart. Keep coming back to it. Um, and I'm a little bit biased now because I work with them in helping them build a better quiz software. <laughs> but even before I worked with them, they were my they were my choice. But that's also like that's a really positive signal that you're working with them to make it better because I feel like a lot of a lot of the quiz platforms out there, I, I've tried a few and I feel like a lot of them probably don't have online business owners like you and me in mind as much. And some of them aren't beautifully, you, you can't customize the design beautifully or you can't, um, I found a few that you can't like send the results back to your CRM. So yeah, I that's a really big signal. I actually don't know if I've tried Interact. So maybe that, that might be my next step after this um, because that definitely got me wanting to create a new quiz now. Um, so with like setting up the quizzes, you mentioned you have an agency that does this. Is this where people can just be like, Shanti, like I don't have the time or the tech know-how to create a quiz. I'm going to pay you to do it for me. Do people do that? 
Not so much with the tech. Honestly, the tech is the easy part. So people (laughs) hire us for like the strategy and development and building out all of the, all of the copy assets and messaging. Um, and then we have like resources and help for the tech side too. But for the most part, it's the, it's the actual message that uh, people get stuck on. Okay. Interesting. Because I think where people, yeah, I think maybe like at surface level, people think, oh, the tech's going to be too hard. So talk me, talk to me a little bit about like the different copy assets that go into creating a quiz. Yeah. So there's that first of just coming up with a really sticky topic and description that's going to stand out as going to capture the attention of the right people. That's the big piece of it. Um, and then once that's figured out, creating the actual results copy, the way that we do it and I teach it is it's, you know, maybe comparable in breadth and length to like a sales page, even though it's not a sales page. Um, and there's often like video scripts involved there too. I really recommend having video in your quiz results. So that's a big piece. And then the questions, the follow-up emails, promotional copy for when the quiz is launched. Those are the big, the big things. That's, there's quite a lot to it, right? Like I, I know there's a lot, a lot of those you need for any normal lead magnet, but there's, there's a lot more to it, I suppose, with the different results pages. And you mentioned there briefly video. Uh, is, is the video there as part of like this nurturing or what's the purpose of the video? When you're, when you're sitting down writing a script for somebody's video on the results page, what is the goal, I guess, that that video has? Yeah. So the video is just part of that sort of first impression formula that if you can cultivate a deeper connection through someone being able to see you and hear you and get a sense of your vibe and your mannerisms through video, that just adds an additional layer of intimacy um, for the quiz taker. And it's not necessarily like what's being said in the video, because often there's sort of echoes of like the written result and then the video results. And I also like to include it because... We're working with so many different learning styles. Like some people will never watch a video and others will only watch video and they won't, they won't read. So I like to keep that in mind too. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you, so if somebody's thinking about creating a quiz, but they have no idea like what they're doing, what is that very first thing that they should do? Like one tangible action item that they can do right now to start getting that momentum for creating a quiz? I would start by getting to know your audience on a deeper level. Um, And that maybe that would look like sending them a survey, which is almost a form of the quiz, but really asking them questions on like, what are they struggling with the most? What are the, what are they working toward? Um, what sort of solution would just make their hearts a flutter? Like getting those insights 
and also asking them like, what are their biggest questions in relation to whatever it is that you do? Like there's gold in there. So if you're at a place where you're like, I have no idea what I would even do a quiz on, that's a great exercise to do. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much uh, for sharing that, Shanti. What are you working on and where can people find more from you? You're so welcome. I am working on a new quiz for my own business. I'm really excited. And this is an example of actually selling in the quiz. And what I'm going to do is it's going to be like $7 to unlock the full quiz results. And then the free version is like still pretty, um, pretty chewy, but the full, full one will be seven bucks. So we'll see how that experiment goes, um, launching that in the next few months. And you can find me, you can find me at shantyzack.com. I have a quiz that will help you find out which type of quiz you should forget for your, (laughs) for your business. Um, and yeah, lots of other goodies on there. And we'll link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Shanti. This has been a wonderful chat. And yeah, now I'm going to go and basically cancel my entire to-do list for the morning and design a quiz. <laughs> I shouldn't. <laughs> I really want to. I love it. Amazing. Thank you, Steph. Okay. If you have been thinking about building a quiz for a while, maybe this episode was your sign to go ahead and give it a go. What's the worst that can happen, right? So my challenge for you after this episode is to go and brainstorm a couple of different topics that you could have for a quiz. Or maybe you've already come out of this episode with a bunch of light bulbs in your head. And in that case, my challenge to you is to take one small step to make that quiz a reality. Maybe it's mapping out what the answers will be, the different results pages. Maybe it's mapping out what some of the questions will be. Maybe it's jumping in and trying quiz building software. Whatever it is, I challenge you to take that one action right now. All right. If you have any friends who you think would love to learn about building quizzes, please do tell them about this show. It's how I get to help more people. And if you haven't already followed this show, hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or follow in Spotify. And that will just mean you get each episode delivered straight to your podcast app every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time. 